What's up, MLB Morning Coffee listeners? We have our first sponsor. Please welcome to the show, Sit Stay Paul. Is there a better feeling than walking through the door and seeing your dog so excited to see you? There really is nothing better than a happy, healthy dog. Sit Stay Paw, Boston-based dog treat company, focused on all natural, healthy ingredients, is dedicated to helping dogs live happier, healthier lives. At Sit Stay Paw, they treat dogs as part of the family and understand you do too. That's why they use the highest quality, all-natural ingredients in each dog treat. Each recipe has been developed along board-certified veterinary nutritionists and is packed with the flavors your dog loves and the nutrition they need. Stocking stuffer ideas? Do your friends have dogs? Sit Stay Paws Blueberry Pancake Chewies are made with real blueberries full of antioxidants, fiber, and vitamin C and K, the perfect stocking stuffer dip for your friendly pooch. Their Carob Chip Chewies are a natural sweet treat your dog will love full of vitamins A, B, D, calcium, iron, magnesium, everything your dog needs. For the next four weeks, listeners can go to sitstaypaw.com. That's www.sitstaypaw.com. And on Facebook and Instagram, at sitstaypaw. And use code MLBCOFFEE. That's right, MLBCOFFEE for 10% off your first order. Take a pic, throw it on the gram, get your dog on the sitstaypaw Instagram. Sitstaypaw, go get your dog a treat. Now, on with the show. Ah, yes. Welcome to another edition of MLB Morning Coffee here from the Ocean Avenue Studios in San Francisco, California. My name is Greg Moraz. It is a pleasure to have you along for the ride. We are brought to you by Sit Stay Paw. Go to sitstaypaw.com, enter the code MLB Coffee for 10% off of your first order. That's sitstaypaw.com for 10% off your first order with the promo code MLB Coffee, all lowercase. It's been a little bit since we've talked to you, but there has been some news in the Major League Baseball world. A lot that I think is significant, some that isn't as much, but it's worth doing an episode today. I know I've been teasing the season and review things for a while. I'm going to get those booted up. I promise you that. I just have to be able to find some time to do them. So bear with me, everybody. I am working as fast as I can, given everything else that is currently going on in my life. We're going to start with the big trade from yesterday, which is Lance Lynn going from Texas to Chicago. For many that follow the Chicago White Sox, everybody believed that they were one starting pitcher away from getting to the next level, and the White Sox decided to make that move late last night. Chicago acquired Lance Lynn from the Texas Rangers in exchange for Dane Dunning, who was a part of the White Sox rotation last year, and minor league prospect Avery Weems. Let's start with Weems first just because I've actually had a chance to see him play in person. He was a sixth-round pick out of Arizona in 2019. I had a chance to watch him in the Pioneer League when he was playing with the Great Falls Voyagers. He had a very solid season at the A-ball level and an outside chance of making the big leagues per a lot of the scouts that I talked to. However, I don't think that Avery Weems was a guy that the White Sox viewed as a fast track to the big leagues, so this is a throw-in for what was the real prize in the return, Dane Dunning. I'll get to Dunning in a minute. Lance Lynn is a guy that has a lot of familiarity with Tony La Russa, or at least enough. Lynn made his major league debut in 2011 when he pitched 18 games out of the bullpen for the St. Louis Cardinals in their World Series win 
over the Texas Rangers in what was Tony LaRusso's final year as Cardinals manager before he retired. Lance Lynn has had a very solid big league career. Lynn spent parts of six seasons with the St. Louis Cardinals. He missed all of 2016, but in 2012, he made his lone all-star appearance. He went 18-7 with a 3.78 ERA over 176 innings of work, 64 walks, and 180 strikeouts. In 2013 and 2014, he went 15-10 respectively in each year. He had a 3.97 ERA in 2013 and a 2.74 ERA in 2014. The 2.74 ERA, by the way, the best of any year in his big league career. In 2015, in 31 starts, he had a 3.03 ERA with a 12-11 and record. He missed all of 2016 due to injury in 2017, came back, had a 3.43 ERA in 2017, went 11 and 8 in 186 innings of work. He split time between the Twins and the Yankees in 2018, where he was not good. Signed a contract with the Texas Rangers in 2019. Had a very good first season with Texas. He had a 3.67 ERA in 208 innings of work, 16 and 11 record and struck out a career-high 246 batters. This past season, Lance Lynn got off to a great start. He led Major League Baseball in innings pitched with 84 and starts with 13, had a 6-3 and record with a 332 earned run average, finished 6th in the Cy Young voting. He, by the way, finished 5th in 2019. Lance Lynn is signed on a three-year, $30 million deal that expires at the end of the 2021 season. So the White Sox traded Dane Dunning, a potential starting rotation piece for years to come, and Avery Weems, a very solid pitching prospect that could end up getting to the big leagues at some point for one guaranteed year of Lance Lynn. This is the dictionary definition of being in it to win it right now. Everybody believes the White Sox have a team that has the potential to win the World Series in 2021. Say what you want about Tony La Russa and what he is as a manager. The guy has won three World Series titles. And even though it was just for a part of one season, this is somebody that La Russa is very familiar with. Lance Lynn is known as one of the best Cardinal pitchers of the early 2010s. So bringing him to Chicago as a veteran on a one-year deal, he is going to end up being, I think, probably the number two starter behind Lucas Giolito. Your 1-2-3 in some order is going to be Giolito, Lynn, and Dallas Keuchel. You also have Dylan Cease that's going to be a part of your rotation, and then you'll have to figure out who that fifth starter is going to be because they non-tendered Carlos Rodon and they traded away Dane Dunning. Maybe they go out and get somebody else. Maybe they decide that Garrett Crochet is going to end up being a starter. The White Sox have got to answer the fifth starter question later in the offseason, but at least for right now, what this trade signals is that they are going for it right away, and now there is no argument to be made that they have one of the best top three in any rotation in all of baseball. The White Sox got aggressive here, and it clearly signals that when you hire a manager that's 76 years old and probably isn't in it for the long haul, and you trade for one year of a veteran starter, you are in it to win it in 2021. This next story is going to really change how the free agent market is structured going forward into December and January. Ken Rosenthal and a website out of Canada, The Score, reports that Rob Manfred has been telling MLB clubs to not expect a universal DH in 2021. 
in order for a universal DH to occur in 2021, there would have to be an agreement between MLB and the Players Association. Right now, it does not seem like such an agreement is going to end up being agreed to, which means that pitchers are going to be back hitting in the National League in 2021, which also signifies that all of these NL teams more than likely cannot go after an extra bat, and a guy like Orion Braun, if he wants to continue playing big league baseball, is going to have to go find an American League team. This is also applicable for somebody like a Nelson Cruz, who has never really played in the National League. In fact, I don't think he's played the National League at all. Yep, I'm pretty positive. Nelson Cruz has never played in the National League, but Nelson Cruz doesn't have a National League option now. He's going to have to either re-sign with the Twins or find another American League club to go to. I think one of the things that people actually were excited about is not having to see pitchers hit anymore. I am in the group that still enjoys National League-style baseball. I know that there are listeners of this podcast that vehemently agree with me, but there are a lot of people out there, the populace, I would say, of average baseball fans that wanted to see the DH implemented in both leagues for good. At least for now, the NL is not going to have a designated hitter in 2021. The thing that's screwy about this is that the NL more than likely, at least from what I can imagine in what will be a new collective bargaining agreement going into 2022, is that a universal DH is going to be a part of the plan in 2022. So get this straight, 2019, no DH, 2020, DH, 2021, no DH, 2022, there is a DH. So figure that one out. I'm not exactly sure how it's going to go, but I will say, at least from this perspective, that whatever decision you end up making this offseason, I believe you have to stick with it moving forward. The reason why there was a universal DH in 2020 is because you had a 60-game season, you had issues with COVID, and you wanted to make sure that pitchers weren't hurt given how susceptible any player was to being out either due to an injury or due to COVID. So, if you make the decision to not have a universal DH in 2021, it is my belief that that should be the decision moving forward. Make up your mind, Major League Baseball, and stick with it. And I hope that if there is no universal DH in 2021, that we don't see it again. Dick Allen died yesterday at the age of 78. The former Phillies, Cardinals, Dodgers, White Sox, and A's first baseman had a career 292 batting average with 351 homers and 1,119 career RBI. Allen made seven all-star teams, three consecutive from 1965 to 1967 with the Phillies, one in 1970 with the Cardinals, and in all three years he played with the Chicago White Sox from 1972 to 1974. Allen won his lone MVP award in 72 with the White Sox, where he hit 308 with a 420 on base and a 603 slugging with 37 homers and 113 RBI. Everybody loves to talk about OPS. He had a career 9-12 OPS, which by many standards is a Hall of Fame number. Dick Allen from 1968 until 1972 hit at least 30 homers in all seasons but one. His career high in homers came with the Phillies in 1966 where he hit 40 homers and drove in 110 RBI. 
Overall, Dick Allen had six seasons where he hit over 30 home runs, four of them with the Phillies, and a few years where he did not. His second year, his first full year in the big leagues with the Phillies in 1964, he hit 29 homers with 91 RBI. Dick Allen was known as a very flamboyant player. He was not afraid to speak his mind. He was not afraid to be a little bit over the edge in regards to his antics. But people love Dick Allen. Everybody talks about that famous Sports Illustrated cover with him on the White Sox smoking a cigarette and juggling three balls in his hands. Dick Allen is somebody that I think is going to end up getting elected into the Hall of Fame on the Veterans Committee at some point in the next couple of years. A lot of people believe that Dick Allen should have been inducted into the Hall of Fame a while ago. By modern standards, Dick Allen's on-base percentage would be a 100% yes Hall of Fame metric. He had a career on-base of 378. Problem was, in the late 60s and early 70s, on-base was not a metric in which a lot of baseball people measured success. Think about this. He had a 420 on base in 1972, the year after he had a 394 on base percentage. He had two years in his career with an on base over 400, the other coming in 1967 when he had a 307 batting average and a 404 on base percentage. Think about that. He hit 307 and still had an on base that was almost 100 points higher. The year before that, he hit 396, or rather had a 317 batting average with a 396 on base percentage. That was the year he hit 40 homers and drove in 110 runs and subsequently finished fourth in MVP voting. Allen finished in the top five in the MVP voting in 1966, and of course when he won it in 1972. He was the Rookie of the Year in 1964 when he also finished seventh in the NL MVP voting. Dick Allen, in my opinion, would be a Hall of Famer had he played today. 292 batting average, yes. 351 homers, yes. 378 career on base percentage, yes, yes, yes. In fact, the only year where Dick Allen, at least in terms of a full season, did not have an on-base percentage over 340, actually that happened twice, his last two years in the bigs, 1975 with the Phillies where he played 119 games, and 1977 with the A's where he only played 77 games. Rest in peace to Dick Allen, one of the most feared hitters of the late 60s and early 1970s, and somebody that does not get appreciated nearly enough. The Los Angeles Angels are collecting Iglesias's. They've already acquired Jose Iglesias from the Baltimore Orioles. Now they are acquiring Rysel Iglesias from the Cincinnati Reds in exchange for Noé Ramirez and a player to be named later. Iglesias turns 31 years old in January, and he will make $9.1 million this upcoming season. Rysel Iglesias had a solid 2020. Had a 4-3 record in 22 appearances out of the Reds' bullpen with 8 saves. A 2.74 ERA, he struck out 31 batters and walked only 5. In his previous year, he went 3-12 in 68 games out of the bullpen, had a 4.16 ERA, struck out 89 while walking 21. But in his first three seasons in the big leagues as a full-blown reliever, he was a starter when he came up in 2015. He had a 2.53 ERA, a 2.49 ERA, and a 2.36 ERA. The Los Angeles Angels are apparently not afraid to pick up some payroll at this point and giving away very little in order to make a more complete roster. 
the Angels have had a very weak collective pitching staff for the past decade, and I think adding somebody like a Rysel Iglesias makes them more respectable in the American League West. Who knows how the rest of the West is going to shape out, what the A's are going to do with their impending free agent closer, Liam Hendricks, and what the Astros are going to do in regards to guys that they have that might walk, most notably George Springer. I know Springer is a position player and not a pitcher, but still, the Angels are showing so far that they are willing to spend, at least in the trade market, to get better where other teams have not. We already made a comment it's a slow offseason, and most of the time, we would not spend a whole segment talking about a Reds borderline closer going to the LA Angels. But that is where we are at in 2021. Okay, we're not even at 2021 yet. We're still in 2020, but I mean for the purposes of talking about 2021. Rysel Iglesias, welcome to Anaheim. Not technically Los Angeles, Los Angeles in name only, in actual location. Welcome to Anaheim. Our final story today, congrats to Adam Wainwright of the St. Louis Cardinals, who is the winner of the 2020 Roberto Clemente Award, which is the award given by Major League Baseball annually for the community involvement and philanthropy of the most impactful Major League Baseball player. Every team has at least one Roberto Clemente Award nominee, and this year Wainwright is the winner. His Big League Impact Foundation and recording artist Garth Brooks' Teammates for Kids Foundation teamed up for a home plate project with Texas pitcher Kyle Gibson and raised money from more than 150 big leaguers that led to the donation of about $5.8 million donated to 94 charities. The effort provided more than 4 million meals to prevent childhood hunger during the coronavirus pandemic and nearly 8 million meals overall. Wainwright has also built Haiti's Farrier Village Secondary School, which opened in 2019 while partnering with Water Mission to build a clean water system for that community. Wainwright said, quote, This is the greatest honor of my entire career and probably will be when I lay my head down to rest for the final time. It doesn't have me stopping anything now. These players are going to hear more from me. I'm going to be in their ear. Hey, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's go from here. Let's go there even more now. Wainwright is 39 years old and is a free agent, having spent all of his 15 big league seasons with the St. Louis Cardinals. He's a three-time All-Star with a record of 167-98 and and a career ERA of 338. Wainwright finished up his conference call by saying, Sometimes you have to tell people things you're doing so that you can inspire others to do things also. So it's not why we do it to achieve any kind of award or trophy, but it is certainly nice to be recognized for that effort. Somebody is going to give Adam Wainwright a job for this upcoming season, but if he does decide to retire, he at least can know that he made a huge impact on a lot of lives by doing what he did for charity this past year and throughout his major league career. Congrats to Adam Wainwright, one of the ultimate good guys in all of baseball. That is it for this edition of MLB Morning Coffee, a production of the Ocean Avenue Studios in San Francisco, California. We, as are always, brought to you by SitStayPaw. Go to SitStayPaw.com to get 10% off of your first order with the promo code MLBCOFFEE. That's SitStayPaw.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day, and we will catch you next time.